When it is time for deliverance from the pain of disappointment, from your pain of disappointment, he opens the door that says it's time to turn things around for you and no one has the power to shut that door. Hello and welcome to episode six in our series, Revelation Expectations. Thank you for joining us. And today I'm Stephanie Wright and this is... Apostle Charles Wright. We are on a journey through the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ, which is the last book of the Bible. And today we continue our study of the seven churches with chapter three of Revelation, the Church of Philadelphia. We encourage you to listen to this series first podcast to get a good foundation that will help you with future studies. Revelation is a powerful book that reveals Jesus' love and mercy to us and the unsaved. He prolongs his return because God does not want any to perish. If you do not know him, now would be a good time to ask him into your heart as your Savior and Lord. Yes, we are reminded that the spirit characteristics of the seven churches is also in the earth today. We should examine ourselves and not only focus on these historical churches, but also reflect on our own lives and the words of Jesus as we read from Revelation, first chapter, verse 3. He says, Blessed is he that reads and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. And we should also remember that the seven churches are addressed by Jesus in red letter, depending on your Bible. And uh, we're told in the later chapters of what is to come, such as the warning of the wrath of God. But we know that those who know Jesus as Lord and Savior, they don't have to worry about the wrath of God because the wrath of God is not for them. So then let's begin, Stephanie. Thank you, Charles. As in previous episodes, we point out that each church follows a similar pattern. First, Jesus' title is introduced. Then he tells each church what they are doing right and what they are not doing right. He gives them a charge or a command. He tells them what the punishment will be for not following that command. Each church has an adversary, and each church was told, I know your works, and they are told to hear what the Spirit says. Looking at verse 7, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says he that is holy, he that is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no man shuts, and shuts and no man opens. Here, Jesus' title or identification is alive for this church of Philadelphia as we will see in the following scriptures. It seems to be more defining for this church, at least to me it does, than the other churches that we have studied. Looking at verse eight, I know your works. As in other churches, the same phrase is repeated. I know your works. And because he says he knows their works, he tells them, behold, I have set before you an open door and no man can shut it for you have little strength. 
and you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Here is the scripture that makes Jesus' title or identification alive. His title is referenced in verse 7, an open door and no one can shut it. Why? Because it is time for them to go through that open door. They have kept his word and they have not denied his name. And in so doing, they now have little strength. When it is time to go through the door of deliverance, God will open it and no one will be able to shed it. Let's make this relevant to the here and now. When it is time for deliverance from the pain of disappointment, from your pain of disappointment, he opens the door that says it's time to turn things around for you and no one has the power to shut that door. When it is time to be delivered from this life to eternal life, you will step across that threshold and no one can stop you. Charles, do you have any comments? Yeah, it makes me think about <clears throat> earlier that we read from Revelation 1 and verse 3. Uh, the last statement, I think, was uh, for the time is now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I noticed that in your uh, speaking, you brought out that when is that time to go through the door? That time is to go through the door now, if you, if you have not gone through the door. And remember that in John 10, chapter 10, verse 7, Jesus said, I am the door. So you, we have to go through Jesus. So if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Savior and your Lord yet, come through the door, which is Jesus. He said, I'm standing here. Uh, at the door. The door is at the door, knocking at your door. <laughs> so the time is now for your deliverance. And this is the glory of God to deliver us from all of those pains that Stephanie had mentioned and the hurt and whatever it may be, disappointments and so forth. Turn it around. Learn to have peace in the chaos, have the comfort in your chaos, because he said, I will send you the comforter. So Jesus being the door, Jesus being the door, God opens Jesus up for us to come through the door of Christ as his work for your and I, my, our deliverance. And also, uh, no one can stop that door from being open. Who is Jesus Christ? They tried to stop him when he was in the flesh on the earth, but they could not stop his works because God was opening the door. He even removed the veil into the Holy of Holies. He stripped it and tore it apart from above. Uh, that was a God work. The veil had the door closed only just except for one person once a year, and that was a high priest. But now everybody can come through that door. So come to Jesus so that you can have his eternal life, and then you will uh, live eternally. You know, that's what life is all about. He said, I come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. And no one can stop you. No, no persecution from church to church, no persecution from person to person. And we're going to get into that a little bit more when we talk about this persecution. Well, let's go to verse 9. In verse 9, it reads, Behold, now this is Jesus speaking. He said, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews. And I would paraphrase and say, who say they are Christians, even so. Uh, and are not, but they do lie. Behold, this is what Jesus goes on to say, I will make them to come and now in King James, it says, come and worship before your feet uh, and to know that I have loved you. So let's talk about that little bit about worship, Stephanie. Well, first of all, um, when we talk about the synagogue of Satan, 
uh, we're referencing the persecutors, those those people who were being persecuted, uh, the Jews that were being persecuted. And the same uh, reference is made in the, to the church of Smyrna in Revelation chapter 2, verse 9, those who were being persecuted in the church. And as far as that worship, that really means bow down. Mm. It's not saying that people are going to actually come and worship, but they are going to show reverence. Those people who were persecuting others are going to have those people, those persecutors are going to bow down before and um, show respect to honor the honor they didn't give them before. They will now honor those people. And we have a reference in Revelation chapter 22, verse 8 and 9, where John tried to worship the angel and the angel told him to worship God. All worship belongs to God. Do you have any comments on that? Yeah, uh, I saw worship as being a, a means of submitting. Uh, it's not only submitting uh, where it says there in verse 9, I will make them. He's talking about false preachers, teachers, evangelists, apostles. You're just false Christians. Uh, who really are sitting in the seat in synagogue of the devil, you know, the devil will come to church, okay, or try to leave the church. But nevertheless, he says there, uh, I will, the Lord Jesus will make them come and, it says in King James, worship. But I see the word submit, to bow, submit. And the reason why they have to submit is because they are the adversaries, first of all, of Jesus Christ. And when he conquers his adversaries, everyone who is a part of Jesus's army, is uh, is classified as, as Stephanie said, honored, submitted to, because you, when you're conquered, you are submitting to the conqueror, and uh, I see that as we be a part of God's army. Uh, they will honor you. They will honor those who are followers of Jesus Christ, and the reason why also is because the Lord says, "I loved them." You because I love you, they will worship or bow down and honor and, and and give you reverence. Not to kiss your feet as if you were holy or something, but because they've been conquered. Also, I'd like to throw in this thought too. Uh, it's also because, not only because God loved loves those who are followers of Jesus, but also because you passed the temptation to give up despite the persecutions, despite the wolves in sheep clothing who have tried to persecute you or tempt you to do something that you know that you're not supposed to do. You pass the temptations. It's also because you pass the temptations, not only because you follow. If you follow Jesus, you're going to pass the temptations to give up in spite of persecution, even from people in the church, because church people hurt church people. And I want to point out that we did say that each of the churches had their adversaries. So this is a a verse where we do see the uh, the adversaries for the Church of Philadelphia were those that were of the synagogue of Satan. And making it again relevant to today, we have our own persecutors. I believe Apostle Charles touched on that. We have our own persecutors in the church, outside the church. But nevertheless, the same reward follows that if, if we are um, following Christ, living right, doing what we're supposed to do, it doesn't mean the persecution is not going to come because it is going to come. But if not in this life, at some point, those people who have been your persecutors are going to have to bow down and so, admit that they, you know, have wronged you and they will see the love of Christ. Every knee is going to bow before Jesus. Mm. Remember that. 
Amen. And I think you actually started going into verse 10 yeah. when you started talking about um, why. Verse, yeah. Mm -hmm. So go ahead with that. So why are these people or those who are of the synagogue of Satan? Because it, the devil wants to persecute you, okay? And he comes to church too. So if you're in the synagogue of Satan, those who are pretenders, false followers, uh, they have been tempted to do wrong, but because you have not been tempted to give up, you have not given in, you are enduring and uh, you are standing strong with the Lord steadfastly and faithfully to the Lord, with the Lord, then the Lord is going to honor. God is faithful enough to create that sense of honor and reverence upon you and people who have known you in the earth. And I, I don't believe it's going to keep you out of heaven necessarily, but they will honor you because your name is going to be proclaimed before God and the angels of heaven and everybody who is there with the Lord to stay there in heaven will honor your name because God honors your name. So it's a reward. It's another reward. You have the open door as a reward. You have another reward, that, uh, several rewards, crown of life and so forth and so on. You will be rewarded. And verse 10 reads, because you have kept the word of my patience, I also will keep you from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. And the word of my patience. Now, this is the King James Version. If you read other versions, it may be a little more clear. Uh, but the word of my patience means you have endured, as Apostle Charles has already touched on. And the hour of temptation refers, I believe, to the great tribulation, which we will study in later chapters in the book of Revelation. Or consider our, in, or we should also consider to make it more relevant again, consider our enduring suffering and how God delivers us in this present day out of our tests and our trials. Because certainly we do feel like we're going through some fiery trials sometimes, but we nevertheless have to endure and be patient and trust God. We have to trust him that he's going to eventually deliver us out of the temptation, which is the word of God, that he will deliver us out yes. if we're just patient. Yes, during the time that Stephanie mentioned, like especially during the uh, tribulation period, God says, I'm going to keep you. Not only because I love you, but I'm going to keep you from the hour of temptation because you, <laughs> let me say this, you are his treasured trophy. Okay, so now looking at verse 11, it says, behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which you have that no man take your crown. Jesus also says he comes quickly, not only in this verse 11, he says it in Revelation chapter 2 verse 5, 2 verse 16, chapter 22 verse 7, chapter 22 verse 12, and in chapter 22 verse 20. He did not say he's coming soon. When he comes, we must be ready not getting ready. Now, if you interpret it as soon, he's coming soon, that's fine. But remember, a day with the Lord is as a thousand years and vice versa. Second Peter chapter three, verse eight. Thus, soon is relative as far as God's timing goes. We have to hold fast to our calling so no man takes the crown that is waiting for us because Jesus said he is coming like a thief in the night, in the twinkling of an eye. So be ready. Revelation 16, 15 says, behold, I am coming like a thief. We have to be ready, not be getting ready. 
1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 2, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52, refers to Jesus coming in the twinkling of an eye. I read an article that said a twinkling is one billionth of a second. I don't know how true that is, but if it is true, that's pretty quick. We have to be ready, not be getting ready. Comments, Pastor Charles? Well, I was thinking that uh, if eternity is worth waiting faithfully and steadfastly, waiting and ready, then uh, and because he's going to come unexpectedly, uh, we can't tell the day or the hour or the moment. Uh, the beautiful thing is to, like Stephanie mentioned, be ready. Be ready. Be ready. How? Overcoming all of those temptations, trials, tribulations, overcoming, expecting and believing and trusting that God is going to come. And you, ha you have a waiting, working power. He said, I know your works. Part of your works is the wait. Part of your works and my works is readiness. I'm ready for the Lord to come. And when he comes with it, like she said, with the twinkling of an eye, that means it's so fast. It's so quick. You can't start getting ready. You know, it's like he comes and he goes. So, yes, be ready. And by overcoming all the time, anything that tries to block your vision and block God's will for your eternal life. Okay, moving on to verse 12. Him that overcometh, will I make a pillar in the temple of my God? And he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. So we said that there are rewards in every church for those who have listened to the commands of Jesus. So we have four rewards in verse 12 in addition to the open door, which was also a reward. So we can look at look at these four, four rewards. First, he says, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. That means steadfast, steady, you're not going anywhere. Okay, that represents strength. And he shall go no more out. And I will, too, write upon him the name of my God. So we will have the name of his God, Jesus God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from God. And for he will write his new name. I will write upon him my new name. So we will have Jesus' new name written upon us. The permanence, this, um, you know, we can't even imagine what rewards are awaiting us, heavenly rewards. So four rewards in addition to the open door, we can contrast this to those who will receive the mark of the beast in their forehead or in their right hand. We will study this in chapter 13 of Revelation. Instead, these people in the Church of Philadelphia are rewarded with notable designations that align them with God, God's holy city, Jerusalem, and Jesus. Yeah, that is a lot to look forward to. I wonder if we're going to be able to handle everything and we will be overwhelmed by the power of God to do these things in our lives in the eternal life with the Lord. Uh, we're told in chat verse 13, again, over and over again, the Lord has repeated this to all of the churches. And again, he said the same thing to the church of Philadelphia. He, in verse 13, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit says unto 
And I want to paraphrase all the churches, the churches then, the churches now. This admonition was repeated to all seven of the churches, along with I know your works. And back to Revelation 1 and verse 3, why do we need to hear? Because the time is now and at hand. You know, not the day nor the hour. Remember, we must reflect on what is said to the seven churches as they apply to us today. And then I want to ask you a question. Are you like a member of the Church of Philadelphia? Because Philadelphia was not given a whole lot of a correction, but a great deal of promises of rewards because God was aware of their works. It is good if you do characterize yourself like the Church of Philadelphia as a member there. Why? Because the time is at hand. And if not, please do hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to you today. Repent. Come to Jesus and receive him as your Lord and your Savior. Do it now, because the now, the time is at hand. Amen. Well, that concludes the Church of Philadelphia. We have one church left, and we will see you next time. And that will be the Church of Laodicea. Yeah. Because that's going to be an interesting church. I don't think you want to be a member of that church. <laughs> have a great day, week, rest of your life. We'll see you next time. God bless you. If you want to contact us or comment on this podcast, please visit our website at cgmissions.com forward slash podcast, where all episodes are available by category and series format. You may also view these episodes on our YouTube channel, the symbol at CG Missions, Inc. or INC. This is Apostle Charles. Until next time, God bless you. Charles George Missions is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Donations are tax deductible. Donations may be made through our website, cgmissions.com.